Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. Happy, happy Monday. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Today, we have a lot to talk about, and the show is really going to focus around the viral comedian known as Matt Reif. I know a lot of you know him. Some of you like him. Some of you dislike him. I know the ladies know Matt Reif. (laughs) We're going to get to that and exactly why that is the case. He has currently got himself in some hot water due to his latest comedy special that was featured on Netflix titled Natural Selection. A seemingly large group of people are very unhappy with a particular joke that he made in that comedy special. We are going to get to that. But before we do, Taylor's in Nashville. Hello, hello. Happy Monday. Happy Thanksgiving week to everybody. And yeah, let's get into this piping hot tea about Matt Rife today. Yeah, let's talk about it. Now, I uh, Taylor and I were talking about this before the show, and Taylor's like, yo, I just found out who Matt Rife is. I've known who Matt Rife is for quite some time, and it's because if you are a TikTok girly, an Instagram girly, you have seen Matt Rife clips all over the internet. For those of you who do not know him, he is a comedian. He's a young guy, uh, and he's very well-liked, particularly. Uh, particularly among women. I would say that it's his largest demographic. A lot of women find him very, very attractive. And I don't want to put everything down to his looks. I believe there's there's a little more to that. He's quite witty. Uh, He's very quick-witted. And the reason that he became super viral on the internet is that these clips of his crowd work, where he's engaging with the crowd during his comedy, you know, throwing jokes back and forth with them, really started to pick up. People were saying, you know, who's this guy? He's attractive. He makes good jokes. And all of a sudden, he was getting millions upon millions upon millions of views. Now, Matt Reif has been in the comedy game for quite some time. Over a decade, he's been running around doing stand-up uh, amongst different crowds and is really just continually growing in his audience. And I would say over the last couple of years, that growth has become exponential as these viral clips have gone around. uh, Interest has surged in him and particularly amongst women. Now, keep that in mind. Keep that background in mind, because we're going to get into the fact that a lot of women are now upset at Matt Reif. But before we do, let's lay some groundwork. I want to introduce him to you. For those of you who are unfamiliar with who he is, here's an example of a viral video of Matt Reif with his crowd work about black history. Let's watch. Jimmy, (laughs) did you know that it's Black History Month? You did know that. Have you learned anything yet? <laughs> no? Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Does anybody have a, a black history fact or, or statistic that would... Uh... Oh, let's hear this white guilt. What, what was it? <laughs> what, what do you got? Um, 
um, African American um, invented the super soaker, Lonnie Johnson. What's that? The, he invented the super soaker? No way. Wasn't it Lonnie what? What is it? Lonnie Johnson. Lonnie Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like every cornerback. I used to love the Super Soaker, man. Okay, that's that's a good one. What's uh, what's, what's another one? He also invented the Nerf gun. The same guy invented the Nerf gun? I mean, if they're gonna keep shooting each other, I might as well be safe. <laughs> So there you go, right? That That is a, a typical example of some Matt Reif crowd work. Now, when I tell you this man was gr is growing exponentially in, in the comedy space, I mean, people are falling in love with him left and right. I personally know a few uh, women here in L.A. that really go hard for Matt Reif and really like him. I'm, like, the worst person to be the judge of comedy or, like, the, the worst person to go to for this. While I love comedy shows, and you will catch me at the comedy store here in L.A., and I love to go and watch comedians I am so bad I, I don't laugh audibly but I will acknowledge in my head oh that was like really witty and that was really clever but it typically things don't make me laugh audibly but I can always recognize when someone has wit and I think you know Matt Reif definitely has wit I don't think that his looks are hurting at all and a lot of people say you know Matt Reif wasn't particularly attractive when he first started comedy and as he started to grow in attraction his audience started to grow. And we'll get into a discussion surrounding that. Taylor, you just heard about him from your friend. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to my friend who works in social media, and he was just telling me that uh, Matt Reif's a crazy story in social media world because he spent decade, a decade plus doing comedy, working the clubs and everything, and finally kind of reluctantly started deciding to post his clips on social media and did that for a while. And then one day he just decided to post this uh this one and it absolutely took off. And then all of a sudden he was selling out stadiums. So it's a really cool story. But uh, I think you saw me chuckling to myself whenever you said you I don't did. laugh out loud because that's what I tell myself when I make my dad jokes <laughs> and uh, you just don't respond uh, laughing. But I, I can I know that in your head you're saying, wow, that that's was so, so witty. Funny. So thank uh, you. You guys know me as like the giggler, but yeah, that is, I don't know why that's not the case when somebody <laughs> is like doing stand up. And trust me, like I get how difficult it is. It really is an art form. I appreciate a you know, comedians and people who are willing to, you know, put themselves out on the line and go on a stage and do that to the utmost uh, degree, because that is something I would never want to do. Be the person on stage that everybody's looking at and being the one trying to make them laugh. Now, Matt Reif has been in hot water on, on several occasions, and we'll go through just a couple of those. One time he was on a podcast uh, with two other fellow comedians, and he started talking about what he looks for in, in women, and particularly what he likes about women's bodies. Now, as you can imagine, with a predominantly female audience, many of those women are going to be feminists who do not like comments that, you know, allude to objectification of women. So he got a ton of shit on the internet for that. Then, there was this uh, men's health interview that Matt Reif did. I'll show you the clip this went super viral because many had lots to say and it's him talking about his attractiveness and how it affects his comedy i started working out way after i was doing stand-up i've been doing stand-up for about 12 years now yeah a little over 12 years now i will say i don't think it helps you by any means i mean people don't want to laugh at like physically attractive people like you don't want to walk on stage and have people looking at your arms rather than listening to your jokes i think it just makes me work that much harder on the material and the jokes that i'm trying to tell to get people to focus on the real show at hand i started okay 
So obviously that was an easy target for criticism. A lot of people were saying, oh, this is so tone deaf. How dare you think you're you're this attractive that really people aren't, you know, even listening to you. They're just coming to look at you. The comments sort of speak for themselves. A lot of these comments say, wow, he is so into himself. So brave, King. Wow. Matt Reif, try not to be a douche challenge. Impossible. So that's the general uh, criticism of him. And most recently, he said that while his audience is predominantly female, that his comedy is, in fact, more for a male audience. So often women will find his videos on the Internet, come to his comedy shows, bring a boyfriend with, and the boyfriend will find that the comedy is more skewed towards a masculine energy rather than a feminine energy. And sometimes the women who once liked Matt Reif will go and watch his comedy and no longer vibe with him because of something he said. Now, his most recent comedy special, Natural Selection, is no exception. And here is a feminist response to what was said in the show. I'll let her lay the groundwork for the jokes in particular that offended her and why she now decided to make this video about Matt Reif. Matt Reif opened his comedy special with a domestic violence joke, right? And it made me realize that sometimes if you don't have oppression of your own to pull from, you try to make fun of the oppression of others, but unfortunately you don't have the angle of understanding to make it funny, right? It was literally like this. Me and my friend went to a bar in Baltimore and the girl at the front had a black eye and it was obvious what it was from, which I found to be a weird comment. It was obvious what it was from. And then my friend said, wow, this is the face of the restaurant. Why don't they put her back in the kitchen? And I said, well, if she could cook, she probably wouldn't have gotten that black eye. Cue the laughter, because you were supposed to picture a woman getting hit because she can't cook and you were supposed to laugh. Did you laugh? Is that what he means by he made this for men? You want to make fun of domestic violence with men. You want to talk about your grandfather saying he hooked up with Rosa Parks in the front of the bus. Like all of these jokes are dependent on other people's oppression and nuance and things that you don't really need to be touching. Talk about something funny from your own life. Do you have anything to pull from that is interesting and uniquely yours? And also like funny, like something fun, something with a punchline, like something with a one to make me laugh rather than like one to make me cringe. I mean, I, I don't know. Okay. So that's one response. We have many more. I, when I tell you my For You page on TikTok was flooded, flooded with people saying, Matt Reif's comedy special was horrible. He is only good at crowd work. He can't do real stand up. And now he doesn't want to, you know, use his uh, female audience anymore. He wants a male audience now and he's insecure and all this stuff. It was, it was crazy, all this stuff I was seeing over what seems to be a singular joke. So I had to go, okay, I, I'm, I'm not in, in particular a fan of, of Matt Reif. Uh, uh, and I, I thought, okay, I'm going to go and watch this comedy special. I go on Netflix. I watch the comedy special. It does open up with that exact uh, domestic violence joke. And then it goes on for like an hour of just what I would deem to be and I think is accurately character characterized as boy humor. It's boy humor. He makes fun of girls who like crystals and astrology. There's a lot of sex jokes and innuendo or just like outright blatant, you know, pornographic talk, which is a lot of comedy these days. I'm trying to think what else did I write? And cancel culture. He talks about cancel culture, which is so ironic, given that we are here now talking about this audience of people who are so outwardly upset about what he has said in this comedy special. But you guys know how I feel about comedy. 
It's the final frontier of free speech. I think everybody can make fun of everybody in comedy and that we really shouldn't take it that seriously. Like, it's really not that serious. Now, I can understand this idea that Matt Reif played on his female audience for quite some time. And his direct quote says, you know, something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing here, you know, my comedy doesn't pander to women. Um, men, men like my comedy more than women do. Something, something to that effect. And I think for quite some time, Matt Reif did bank on the attraction that women felt for him. And he did pander to women for uh, much of the time of his of his come up. There's a very viral clip of Matt Reif on stage uh, doing comedy where he very seductively unbuckles his his belt and his pants, I think. And all the girls in the crowd are like freaking out over this guy. He's so funny. He's so hot. So there was an element of once pandering to a, a female audience with with the attraction that they have for him. And I think now he's developed an insecurity surrounding women being his predominant audience, and that's playing out in his comedy a little bit. Does that mean that the joke was particularly offensive or that it made me clutch my pearls to hear somebody make a joke about a woman getting hit for not cooking correctly or something? No. And it just makes me think, like, do you not listen to other comedians? Have you not heard some others, you know, work on this because it gets far worse than anything that Matt Reif touched on in that comedy special. Now, a lot of people will say, well, that doesn't excuse what he said. If somebody says something worse, they're just as bad as he is. But my goodness, just don't go to comedy shows then because I don't think you're prepared for it. And there's a certain type of person like this that I think when you go to a comedy show and you sit in the crowd, you can find them just by like watching their, their face. There's no enjoyment. Something in them dies the minute they hear something that remotely offends them. And if that's the case for you, maybe, maybe the space of comedy and stand-up is not for you. Because for a lot of comedians, that is, you know, that's their goal <laughs> in a lot of different ways. So... I think we can chill. It was, in fact, just a joke. I hate when people say that, but it, it was just a joke. Right. And then you hear like somebody retelling the joke critically on TikTok, and that's how you digest it. And I feel like the outrage spreads a lot faster when you're not watching it in the context of sitting down to watch a comedy special or actually going to a comedy show. It's, it hits a little different, I'm sure. But we asked you guys in the audience, uh, was the joke about the hostess offensive to you? And so far, 82% of you say no, 18% say yes. Uh, a lot of you did say it wasn't necessarily funny. I didn't personally think it had really mm -hmm. landed. It felt I watched the first half of the special and, and caught that joke. And it just felt really out of left field and kind of forced. But I wasn't it wasn't the most offensive thing I've ever heard in a comedy special by a long shot. And one more comment I wanted to read from Rain, who says, uh, that joke was hilarious. I can cook. I'm black and I'm in Baltimore and I'm not offended. Hilarious. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, it's different strokes for different folks. And that's exactly what comedy is. I think for any comedian, you're going to put them in a random crowd of people and you're probably going to get a lot of them that, that feel offended or don't like the person or don't vibe with the comedy. Like I said, I watched the entire special. I can recognize when somebody is clever and witty, and I definitely think that was an element at play in the special, but the comedy wasn't for me. I would say like the typical demographic for those jokes being funny was like 15 to 21 year old guys. And it seems like that was very intentional in the way that he wrote the comedy special. It seems intentional with his other comments about no longer wanting to pander to women and to sort of have a male audience. And if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Now, if I was his PR 
manager, <laughs> I would have, you know, been like, maybe we want to move in a different direction, given that your audience is predominantly female. But if that's not something that you want anymore, then this is a, you know, a surefire way to get there. And as I pointed out before, there was an irony in the fact that Matt Reif used a, a, a considerable amount of the special to talk about cancel culture on the Internet, how angry people get, how they are weaponized by things like anonymity and just mob mentality on the Internet. And that's his exactly what has happened in response to a joke that makes up, I feel like, less than a minute of this comedy special. So it's interesting to watch that play out. I'm curious to see if he's even going to respond to it. But as I said, there were more videos where that came from. I'm going to show you another just so you can feel the general vibe of just how many people are coming after him. This one's by Pat Lawler, who we featured on the show before with a great take, uh, I believe, on Israel-Palestine. Here's his take on Matt Reif. Watching Matt Reif destroy his career for his ego has been pretty funny. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there's this comedian who was languishing in the stand-up comedy scene for about a decade until suddenly people noticed his very sharp jawline and he got a lot of attention and millions of dollars. All I've seen are his crowd work sets. He, he flirts with women in the audience and it gets millions of views. Whatever, good for you. I also have a massive audience of women. It's lucrative. But apparently, unlike me, he doesn't like his audience, and he's concerned they're only there to look at him. So he opened his new comedy special with a domestic violence joke, just to let those ladies know, stop giving him money. Now, I think I know where this comes from, because I've done quite a bit of stand-up comedy, and I've gotten to know the people who show up to stand-up comedy. It comes in three groups. Number one, people who love stand-up comedy. It's in their bones. They'll wait for three hours just to tell five minutes of jokes to a microphone. Number two, people who have something deeply, deeply wrong with them. And they will also wait three hours, not to tell jokes, but to scream their grievances into any microphone someone will hand to them. Occasionally, that is very funny. Most of the time, it's just terrifying. And then the last one, white dudes. There are so many white... If there are 30 people at an open mic, 28 of them are white dudes. Sometimes there's overlap with those other two groups. In my case, all three. But mostly it's just unfunny white dudes who are like the funny guy and their cluster of other white dudes. So they were like, yeah, you got to do stand-up comedy, man. Make this everybody else's problem. Okay. All I wanted to do was not be we're in gonna those, pause. those rooms anymore. We're going to pause there. What is so interesting is now it's become this whole thing of like, Matt Rife's not funny. He sucks. He's only he's only popular because he's handsome or whatever. And it just like negates the fact that like millions have been watching his videos and, you know, liked him prior to, you know, whichever point, whichever one of the, the three cancellation points that I've mentioned in, in this video. And that's when people have slowly decided, oh, I, I no longer like this guy. And if their characterization is true, that... He had an audience predominantly of women because solely because he was, you know, attractive and that's why people were coming to see him and to watch what he had to say. Then wouldn't those women be objectifying somebody and sexualizing them rather than listening to like what it is that they have to say? And, you know, we can acknowledge all these things, but then you're angry at him about a joke that he made about women. It's just not adding up to me. And I think it's just peak sensitivity. We are in an era of peak sensitivity when, you know what, if you didn't like the joke, you don't like the joke. You don't need to watch the comedy special. You don't need to continue to support Matt Rife. When he comes to your city on tour, don't, you know, spend the $100 to go and see him. It can just 
sit there as it has with comedy for I don't know how long. But now it's like if you're a comedian who gets on stage and you make a joke that strikes the wrong chord with a group of people, though that group of people mobilizes on the internet and suddenly there's article after article about is this joke offensive? Is it okay? We've watched it happen numerous times, uh, you know, most recently with Dave Chappelle over his trans joke. And that became like worldwide news. And all it was was a comedian making a joke about a group of people that are apparently marginalized and must be protected. And therefore, this is now national news. And you know what Dave Chappelle did? He went on about his business and basically was like, F you, I'm going to continue making the jokes I want to make. And you can't do anything about it. So you can yell and scream into the void, but you're screaming into the void. And I hope that's what happens here. It doesn't matter whether or not you agree with the content of the joke or you, you dislike it or you like it. He should just be able to move on, go about his business, and maybe with a predominantly male audience now. Yeah, and there are several of these TikToks going viral kind of right now, getting a lot of traction uh, of people criticizing him for all these various reasons and saying mm -hmm. that he's going to lose his female audience. I'm curious, do you think, where do you think Matt Reif goes from here? Do you think he's going to issue an apology? Do you think he's just going to keep doing his thing and recover? Do you think his career's over? Uh, where do you think is next for him? I think he's going to be fine. <laughs> like, mind you, he spent the last, nearly like the last half of his comedy special talking about cancel culture and how, you know, he doesn't care. Like, you can come after him and do all these things. You know, he's been through much worse. It, it doesn't really matter. I wonder, you know, just how intense this is going to become. These videos that I'm showing you of active criticism of Matt Reif are getting millions of views. People are really invested in this for some reason. And you know what? It seemed like a strategic choice on his part to do the comedy special in this way to appeal more to men. And he may lose a chunk of his audience. I don't know. But I think he's going to be fine. Like, I don't think this is the end to his career because of one joke that he made. It's not typical within the space of comedy. Yeah, I think the mistake Matt Reif made in all this was not necessarily being offensive, even though, like I said, I kind of didn't think the joke landed that well. But it was acting out of insecurity and allowing the, the it's clear, like the voices of the people who say, well, you know, you're all. It's like he's he's insecure about the fact that his comedy isn't standing on its own. Mm -hmm. uh, they're only coming because he's attractive or they're only only his social media banter works and not his written material. And it seems like as much as he kind of like tries to play off of that in some of his comedy comedy, it, it gets in his head and causes him to do things that are kind of irrational and inauthentic to himself. And it seems to be that's what's making him make these missteps like if he were to just kind of own the moment and go out there and do his thing and be be true to himself uh then he'd probably be fine but mm -hmm. it seems like these these missteps are coming from just a place of insecurity and reminded of that old adage uh what is it if the if the compliments go to your head then the criticism will go to your heart and maybe mm -hmm. there's a little bit of that going on yeah you can tell there's a little bit of that going on and i will provide evidence for this if you get to the end of his comedy special which if you guys want to watch it go ahead and watch it i don't care either way but at the end of his comedy special, he uses the end, you know, as a comedian, you can sort of like tie up the story and, and leave the, the audience with a nice moment. You can get emotional and vulnerable about something and leave the audience with that. There's an, a number of ways you can close out a comedy special. And Matt Reif decided to close out his comedy special by basically saying, like, a lot of people thought I couldn't do it. And now I have a Netflix special. <laughs> like, <laughs> And what was the last thing he said about crowd work? Oh, yeah. He said he said, like, 
but I can only do crowd work, right? And As he, he finishes like a written, <sighs> you know, specials and then he like drops the mic, like, hmm. Yeah. Which is kind of like, if you're, if that's the thing you're insecure about, don't say that, just do it. Just finish the special and walk off. But like the fact that you're like, see, I did it guys. It's kind of like, well, now you're just telling us that this is in your head and you're really trying to overcome this insecurity. Yeah. The literal mic drop got to me, guys. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. He literally dropped the mic and, and said, you know, but I can only do, only do crowd work. So it shows you where his head is at and that that criticism sits with him. He even says at, at one point in the special that like, you know, he can take criticism, but he does come back, you know, twice as hard at the people who give it to him. So at least he's being honest in, you know, that's mm -hmm. who he is as a person. And it doesn't seem like he's trying to deny that fact. But the Internet really ran with this. We're going to show another response. This one uh, is probably a recognizable face for those of you who are on TikTok. Her name is Drew. I always mispronounce her last name. Afalo. I hope I said that right. Uh, her claim to fame on TikTok is that she is a feminist who comes after men that she deems to be kind of like disgusting, misogynistic, and she roasts them. That's like her her whole thing. She obviously caught wind of what was happening uh, with Matt Reif of the comedy special. Now, this response has 515,000 likes, millions upon millions of views. People were waiting with bated breath to hear what Drew had to say about this joke. I want to talk to y'all about something I think is pretty relevant, topical, if you will. For those of you that may be curious, my mentions are absolutely fucking flooded with clips from a very specific comedy special. And you all know which one I'm fucking talking about. No need to tag me anymore. I'm good. I already have an astigmatism in each eye. I don't want pink eye either. <laughs> in case anyone's curious, no, I'm not fucking surprised. Not even a little bit. You're telling me a man who goes on other people's podcasts and openly objectifies and criticizes women's body is misogynistic? Someone alert the church elders. <laughs> yeah, no shit. You know what I mean? That part doesn't shock me nearly as much as probably the jokes themselves. One thing about a white straight male comic, they're gonna be misogynistic at least three times in any sort of stand-up special. It is an inevitable fact. It's scientific. At, at this point, it's probably genealogical. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna have a real superficial take on misogyny, I could probably just go to your white racist uncle's Facebook page. I scroll down that bitch, I'll find all of those jokes in meme form. I'll find those jokes with a fucking minion in the back of it, bitch. <laughs> But all of that being said, what I do find interesting is admitting that you were purposely trying to alienate your female fan base because you just don't take them fucking seriously when it comes to comedy. The reason why that's so interesting to me is because if you exist in the social media space and the majority of your audience comes from social media when you pursue other endeavors, here's a little fun fact for y'all. Brands, studios, companies, whatever you want to call them, they fucking love female demographics, bitch. You know why? Because women deem what's fucking popular. If women love you and commit their loyalty to you as a public person, an entertainer, whatever you want to call yourself, you are going to be fucking successful, bitch. That's a statistical fucking fact. Women move units, bitch. They convert. So to admit that you don't fucking like having female fans is not only misogynistic, it's fucking stupid. Like you're fucking up your own business, bitch. Me personally, I fucking love having an almost entirely female demographic. Other than me just fucking loving women, the thought of men loving me in that kind of mass quantity, yuck. That gives me- Pause. Okay, so I wanna get into this a little bit. What she's saying uh, about like, you know, women moving units or whatever, that might be true, but I wanna like provide a counterpoint for a, a moment here. If you were 
a male, a, a female performer, a female performer of any kind. You can pick and choose for your own, you know, uh, imagination here. And your audience was predominantly male. And that predominantly male audience was like coming to your shows, taking pictures of you for thirst traps, asking you to be their girlfriend, saying that they want to marry you, treating you like they are groupies, making signs about how they want to have sex with you. Would that be okay? Because I think everybody would be on the internet saying, this is disgusting. This is misogyny. How dare you treat a female performer like this? She has, is an artist. She's doing something for the world. She's like trying to show herself on stage and you are objectifying her. But everybody's getting on the internet saying, Matt Reif was never funny. He never had anything to say. He's just hot. And that's why all the women were at his shows. So... There's, there's one world where Matt Reif is just insecure and he hates having a female audience. And there's voice for that. We can talk about that. And that that is a way that a lot of people feel. And it is a very real thing. There's another world where his female audience is constantly like hurling sexual innuendo at him, telling him to unbuckle his belt as he's done prior, which again is pandering, but and making signs about how they want to have sex with him and be his groupie and all this stuff. And then when he goes, you know, I no longer, you know, I don't want to pander to women anymore. I want a male audience. And, you know, maybe this was not the right direction to go with my comedy. Then it's a big problem, right? Then we're misogynistic and we hate women. And, you know, just be honest that you're a white dude who's also racist somehow because we'll slip that in there to the, the criticism. It doesn't make sense to me. If I had Matt Reif's audience and like that was what people were saying to me all the time, which is very true. And I tell you this, living in LA, Matt Reif comes through here all the time. He does shows and his shows are all women. I know girls who like go to Matt Reif shows thinking, oh, I want to see if I can sleep with him. I'm going to be as hot as I possibly can for this Matt Reif show to see if he'll, he'll notice me or whatever. So if you have people constantly coming to your shows with that energy and you don't want that, what are you going <laughs> to, what are you going to do? He, he might not have handled it in the smartest way with these jokes, but the feminists are suddenly singing a different tune while they're actively admitting that he was objectified and that's why he's, he's famous. So the math is not mathing for me. It's not adding find them attractive. They are And there's just so much now going on. I, I scroll through TikTok and it's literally just all Matt Reif, Matt Reif, Matt Reif, Matt Reif, Matt Reif. And I have to remind you guys, again, over a one-minute joke... A one-minute joke. And uh, I don't know that it's people who typically watch comedy or who, you know, typically enjoy comedy in that way. Because if you are somebody who, you know, loves comedy, loves watching comedy shows, I can't imagine you'd get through most comedy sets unscathed as far as being offended by something. And I want to flip, flip it over in the other direction because... So often the outrage is a comedian made a joke about women. He made a joke about trans people. He made a joke about black people. Do you know what it's like being somebody who's like conservatively minded or white going to a comedy show? Do you know what that's like? Because for a long time, comedy was completely overwhelmed by like leftists and social justice activists who spent their entire set just completely hating on white people, how horrible they are, hating on conservatives. And guess what? When you go to those shows and you are a white person or conservative or God forbid a heterosexual male, what do you do? You sit there and you take it and you laugh. Because oftentimes, if you are a good comedian, and here's the difference between a good and a bad one, and you can argue whether or not Matt Reif is a good or a bad one, 
If you are a good comedian, even though you are throwing out stereotypes and maybe displaying, you know, rage or dislike for a certain group of people, if you do it in the right way and you do it in an accurate way, that group of people, you know, it should be fine. So long as you understand what comedy is meant for. And it is meant to be like a free-for-all for all to get made fun of. And a comedian who does it well, I guess, understands his demographic. Was Matt Reif trying to appeal to this demographic that is now offended? That's another question. I see some of you said, oh, I thought the joke was funny. Or I thought that was the, the funniest joke in the set. Others say, eh, it's not particularly my style, but nonetheless, it's, it's a joke and I'm going to move on with my day. That's how most of us should be. That's how a reasonable person <laughs> responds to a comedian making a joke. That's really what it is. You just have to take it in and you go, mm, wasn't for me. And, and I feel like that's how I spend most of my time at, at comedy shows, just going, oh, yeah, OK, I get that. Clever. I see the setup. If anything, I spend more time just admiring the like thinking and mental gymnastics that you have to go through in order to create a good joke that has a storyline and has a, a punchline that lands with an audience, even if it doesn't land with me. So we'll see how he does on the tail end of this controversy. And there's also the opposite uh, idea that maybe this is exactly what he was going for. And he's had two PR dilemmas of being misogynistic towards women. And he thought with this Netflix special, why not go for a third? Because everybody on the internet will be talking about me. Good or bad publicity is still publicity. And now, you know, my name's going to be in a bunch of people's mouths and people are going to check out this special. It is number two trending on Netflix. So this might have been just the perfect PR move because here we are having a discussion. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yeah, and to your point, I mean, I had never really heard of him before last week and never really watched any of his comedy at all uh, before I heard about this story that we wanted to talk about today and this trending topic today. And now I've seen some Matt Rife clips and I've seen some very funny Matt Rife clips on social media. And the next time one hits my feed, I'm probably going to watch it. And if the joke lands, I'll give it a like and maybe send it to somebody that uh, share it with somebody that I think will also find it funny. And if I don't like it, I'm going to ignore it and move on with my life as I do with virtually every other comedian. Uh, but like to your point, this is probably going to be a net positive for him in the long run. And we asked you guys a little bit ago if you think that uh, this will negatively impact his career over the long term. And it was almost like 85, 90% of you said no. And I do think, you know, like you said, they'll probably have some short term uh, PR and the people who are already angry uh, about Matt, the fact that Matt Reif is white, like we heard from one of those TikTokers, right. or already had this mentality of all oh, these comedians are just misogynistic and blah, 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 because he's attractive, he's exploiting women, all this stuff. They're going to stay offended and, and they're going to have their moment today to, to shine, uh, as it were. But mm -hmm. I think over time, he's going to be fine and we'll all move on with our lives. Yeah, I don't think like anybody 
who was a fan of him uh, in a way that was not because you're sexualizing him. You're probably going to still stick around because you know what his comedy is like. Presumably, this would not have been a, a shock to you. If you were a fan of him simply because you sexualize him and you think he's hot, you weren't listening in the first place, so you're probably not listening now. And uh, there will continue to be groupies at every single show he does because that's just uh, how it goes. And if you weren't a fan of white men and com comedy in the first place, you weren't the one who's supposed to watch the special in the first place. So I don't know. I feel like he goes unscathed from this. What you can do, though, and what he even talks about in his special is you can let the Internet trick you into thinking that something is much bigger than it actually is. And you can take this overwhelming wave of people mentioning your name and making videos and think, oh, my gosh, the walls are caving in on me. I need to respond to this. Like, how do I craft an apology or how do I like be funny in response to this? And what's my next PR move? Or you can just chill and let it subside as it literally always does. Like I've, I've, I've yet to see like truly a, a bad PR or like bad press that you couldn't just like sit there and wade through the waves and wait for it to go away. But they never do because the initial response is just so like gut-wrenching and shocking and you think the whole world's against you. So you start like moving in, in a direction to satiate these people and they're never satiated. Never works. No, if he apologized right now, his career would be over, right? Because <sighs> you're basically giving the those people who are criticizing you, like those TikTokers and the media people who just want to bring him down because he's a white male or whatever. You're giving them all the power. You're basically validating their entire argument, the way that it moralized the whole situation. You're just placing a stamp on that and saying, yes, you're right. I'm a misogynist and I'll do better, blah, 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 blah. And his career would basically be over. But if he just holds his ground and rocks with this, um, he's going to be just fine. Yeah. Just, you know, just wait it out. Let things happen uh, and let it move on. I'm sure he'll still have uh, an audience somewhere. Guys, we're going to get into Super Chats. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Um, but yeah, I like I said, whenever I go to comedy shows, you can always tell, like you can always p pick out the people who are going to be the most offended. And I do hate to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. More than likely, it's a woman. More than likely, it's a woman who's like super upset and like super offended. I'm like, did you not know what you were getting yourself into? The last time I went to the comedy store, there was these like uh, two women who sat next to the party that I was with and young one younger woman and then maybe her mother or an aunt or something. And they're sitting there and. What the comedians do, their crowd work where they like pick you, ask you some questions, they might make fun of you, maybe they don't, you know, they were already offended by the jokes before, you know, the comedian was getting to the crowd work part of their, their set. You can just see it on their face. There's no smile, no nothing. And of course, if you're a comedian and especially one who loves to be like antagonistic and do crowd work, you're going to pick on them first thing when you get the opportunity. So, of course, he picks on them first thing, asks them where they're from, starts making jokes about how they clearly don't like the comedy and that they clearly don't like him. And these, I, I kid you not, they get up out of their seats and they leave the show and it's just like... You know what? Fair, if you don't like the space, maybe you didn't know what you were getting into and now you feel like you're being made fun of, you you get up and you leave. But my goodness, were you not prepared for what this was going to be before you came in? I mean, it's, it's like, it's classic. And you can spot them everywhere. I feel like every time I go to anything that's supposed to be funny, there there's somebody. I went and watched the, the Book of Mormon in London. And 
if you know the Book of Mormon, it is making fun of the Book of Mormon. It's making fun of Africa. It makes fun of a lot of different groups of people. And the woman sitting in front of us was just like rolling her eyes the entire time, could not believe what she was watching. And I'm just like, do you, how do you not know? How do you not know what you're getting into before you watch something? But alas, these people exist. Right. And by the same token, like how many shows have you sat through as a more, you know, cons perhaps conservative minded person in L.A. or for me, especially going as like a white male and you go to some of these shows, especially with like the up and coming people who are trying to like make it and they're like going really hard at the conservative, at the white man and like for an hour. But I'm like, you know what? I'm in your territory. I signed up for this. I'm not going to scowl and be all offensive. Like if yeah. you make a good joke, I'll still laugh at it. If you make one at my expense and that clearly, even if it's hating on me directly out of an actual animus that you have, you know what? Like, whatever, dude, I'm, this it's is comedy. Cool. I'm in this space. Like it's not a big deal. Yeah. So to, to go into those spaces and, and, you know, have turn up your nose or not be able to handle it is just weak sauce. Right. Man. I love more than anything when people can make fun of something that I relate to and do it well. Like, I think that's hilarious if you can really hit hit the mark. Uh, and I sometimes at comedy shows like like to be the person who's like sitting up front because you know you're going to get like that moment to go back and forth and just see what somebody comes up with. I remember when I was at my... <laughs> My boyfriend and I went to see Tony Rock when he was doing a show, Chris Rock's brother, and he like picks on us for crowd work or whatever. And my boyfriend's white, of course. So I don't know why. Of course. I know. I was like, wait, you just said of course. <laughs> I'm just thinking because you guys, you guys know he's Australian. You would assume he's white. Yeah. But anyways, my boyfriend's white, of course. <laughs> Oh my God. And he like picks on us and starts asking him, like, does he know what Juneteenth is? And I was like directly accused of not being black enough because I didn't teach my boyfriend what Juneteenth was and all this stuff. And you know what? It's fine. Like, it's a cool joke. It's it doesn't get to you in any way. You just have to like water off a duck's back. Just let it take it and move on. Take it and move on. <laughs> um, it comes with the territory. Uh, our, OK, so we're getting into Super Chats now. If you haven't got yours in, get them in. RP Awareness Month is kicking us off. He's a regular around here. Mm -hmm. He said, hey, guys, no Amala, the, the Asian, wait, okay, no Amala, Saturday Asian girl was not very pretty. Like you said, she was average at best and still too picky. Oh, I really do think simps and delusional 304s will be the end of society oh, and serio. That girl was pretty. I don't care what anybody says. If you didn't see that video, that was a girl uh, in a Jubilee video who had 20 perspective matches and she had to tell them her dating standards. Now, her dating standards were not attractive, but uh, in my opinion, no. she was. If you have 20 guys, like at first they asked the 20 guys, do you find her attractive? Would you go on a date? Only two of them left. That's a pretty, pretty good stat for whether or not you're attractive. So there okay. you go. Tested. Uh, Sup, my dude, another regular in these parts, says, uh, what do you call someone who worships eggnog? An agnostic. Uh, <laughs> should I become a comedian, Amala and Taylor? No need to answer. I know you'll say yes. You know what? I You, every, you should try it. You should try it. I like I told you, it's something... I could never do uh, and I would never want to do. Uh, it sounds agonizing and anxiety inducing, but if that's what y'all want to do, go test it out. Amala didn't laugh, but she acknowledged your wittiness in her head. Actually, with that one, I don't even know if she did I, that. But. I don't remember. 
Uh, that's a good challenge, though. If you guys can make Amla laugh with a super chat joke. See, the thing is, I will giggle anyways. That's the thing. Yeah, I will... but there's a difference. Yeah, there's there's a difference. If you can make me laugh, <laughs> laugh. There's totally a difference because... Amla's if... courtesy giggles are... are... Yeah, they get given out for free <laughs> just to make you feel better. Yeah, no, when I laugh, <laughs> when I laugh, I cry tears, tears, uh, which you have seen on the show, guys. So, you know, uh, Mihir Goyal says, hey, Amala, last if I asked last time, last time, if you could take the political test, can you please take the world's smallest political test? It should only take a minute. What is it? World's smallest. I don't I think he. Or maybe maybe that's a real thing. Yeah, I guess it's worth a Google. I was going to say but that last he's one just was saying like rhetorically, like find a short one. I'm looking it up. It's the world's smallest. I want to see it. Oh, it takes one minute. Okay. Let's do it really quick. All right. Let's, uh, where do I put this on? Boom. Okay. Government should not censor speech, press media or internet. Agree. Uh, military service should be voluntary. There should be no draft. Agree. Uh, there should be no laws regarding sex between consenting adults. Agree. Uh, Repeal laws prohibiting uh, uh, adult possession and use of drugs. Um, Maybe. Let me see. Government should not target, detain, or deport undocumented workers. Um, I think they should... I miss, I'm going to say disagree, not in that I want them to like be expeditiously deported, but I want, you know, some clarity. I want, uh, you know, their situations to be obsessed, uh, obsessed, assessed, <laughs> sorry, guys, assessed. assessed. Okay. Economic issues. Taxpayers should not be responsible for student loan debt. Disagree. Uh, government should not be responsible for providing health care. Maybe. I'm kind of half and half on that. Let people control their own retirement and privatize Social Security. Uh, Maybe. Replace government welfare with private charity. Maybe. I think there's there's room for both. Cut taxes and government spending by 50% or more. It's... It's, they've lumped them together, taxes and government spending by 50% or more. I guess I'm going to agree. Bonus question. Before we show your results, which one of these do you think best reflects your views? Conservative, authoritarian, progressive, moderate, libertarian. I'm going to put moderate. Calculate. Ugh, don't make me log in. Okay. Oh, no. Progressive, libertarian, moderate. Interesting. There you go. Progressive libertarian with eight questions. It's really hard to figure out, but I guess most of the questions I answered that there should not be government involvement. So there's that smallest test. There you go, guys. We're all about the labels. And so now we have an official one. I'm trying to think when I took the political compass test, I think I was over to the right, but uh, not on the authoritarian lower Mm -hmm. on low on the authoritarian scale. Um, but higher on the, what is the other metric? I think it's, is it conservative, is it a liberal conservative? or right, I th- left? I think and it's then, conservative. So I was high yeah. conservative or like mid range conservative and low authoritarian. So make that the average, average amalgamation of those two results. Make what you will. Make what you will. Um, or just tune in and listen to the takes on each uh, individual topic, and you'll know what Amla That's what thinks. I like to hear, Taylor. 
Uh, Andy V says, the people complaining about this joke seem very quiet about the jokes around calling a toddler sexy or being, molest- being molested by the monster under his bed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. Yeah, he makes a joke. I I hate to just like retell people's jokes or whatever, but because (laughs) that might need context, he makes a joke about uh, being on a plane with a kid who's super annoying. And he's saying like, this kid is being so annoying. The dad's not doing anything about it. I should ask the dad, like, can you get this sexy toddler away from me so that the dad will actually be moved to action to take care of his kid? That was the that was the joke. But yeah, no. See, I'm just like, whatever. It's a clever joke. Would never Comedy. would never offend me. By the way, someone just said Amala is the funniest YouTuber, semi-political YouTuber without even trying. Am I? What? <laughs> Does that mean you're laughing at me instead of with me, though? That's the question. I no. feel like I'm not funny, but I'll take it. A little above. A little above. Thanks. Uh, Angle says... I have HEDS, a connective tissue disorder, and your show the other week about depression really hit home for me mm-hmm. as I've been going through a dip. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm oh. glad that that resonated with you. And I hope that things are are better uh, with you now and that you are seeking help if you need it or you have a, a good support system. More than happy to talk about that on the show. Uh, we are honored and delighted to have you. Mm-hmm. Um, Nerd Dial says... In my opinion, you can't trust people who turn on you for making one mistake that doesn't even affect anyone's life permanently and can move on easy from it, SMH. Yeah, it's a little nuts, which I'm like, these people must not have liked him in the first place because then it right. like adds a little bit of an extra you know, element to it to where it, it doesn't make sense that you are fans before if this is the straw that broke the, the camel's back. So I think it's more of people who have been maybe waiting for an opportunity to be upset finally have that. And many of these people, their entire platform is talking about these issues and coming after people who commit these offenses. So this is just like extra ammunition for them, I'm sure. Reddit sex defender says, <laughs> I wonder if I get canceled for my baller name alone or get popular with the ladies. I wonder what the chat thinks. Uh, I so. mean, the ladies would have to see you, wouldn't they? I think the username would not be particularly uh, particularly endearing. Green flag. Yeah, I yeah. don't think that's a green flag. But uh, <laughs> if you look like Matt Rife, which is apparently super attractive to, you know, some Oh, I forgot to read the results. We did a poll on that. I think it was like two to one. The women were like, yeah, he's attractive. And, okay. and the other ones were like, no, they don't. So I can recognize that he has like a conventionally, you know, attractive face. He's not particularly my type, but I could see why, you know, if especially in the space of comedy, why women would be super motivated to go sure. to one of his shows. Did you say he's had work done or that's the rumor on the street? I mean, he definitely has veneers. That's 100%, no doubt about that. It, to me, it looks like he's had his chin done and maybe some filler going on in, in the face, but that I don't obviously don't have an expert opinion. I just think anytime I see a celebrity or somebody who has recently gotten a lot of money and then their face starts to look different, I'm thinking you went and got a little bit of... <laughs> You got some some work done and men are no exception. I, I think like something that's slept on because a lot of female celebrities get heat for like getting stuff done with their face and stuff and uh, and it, exposed for it. And men, male celebrities are doing it just as much and you don't hear a peep about it. Nerdile again says unrelated Chris Pierce on TikTok posted a video about being a gay and black president. 
And so many people in the comments said they'd vote for him just for that. Who? Chris Pierce? Never I don't know heard of who her. that is. Never met her. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I. it's weird. It's just identity politics at this point. There's a lot of people. I mean, how many people voted for Obama just because he was black? A lot. A lot. How much you got? A lot. A lot. Uh, so, I mean, happens all the time. Uh, Celtic Blacksmith says, today, Matt Reif canceled. Tomorrow, Daily Wire proudly announces new stand-up comedy special featuring Matt Reif. <laughs> <laughs> now, that might be career suicide. That actually might be <laughs> the yeah. not right decision to make if I were him. If I were him, I would just be like, yep, quiet, move on, uh, and go just say, I'm a comedian. Just post a video on it. I'm a comedian. That's all that's, all that's in the video. Turn off the mm -hmm. camera. Move on. But I think maybe if he apologized, he would have to do that. <laughs> yeah, that like gosh. his only redemption arc he Just could follow. Don't apologize. You but, made yeah. the choice. Stick by the choice. Unless you genuinely feel I've done the wrong right. thing in making this domestic violence joke. It wasn't the right way to start the show. Unless you genuinely feel that way, which we all know he doesn't. Uh, move, move forward. No apology. Oh my gosh. The Taylor fan club says, who needs hey. Matt when you've got a dreamy, blue-eyed, straight smile hunk with Christian values? Did I mention his loose blue shirt looking real fitted? <laughs> <laughs> I want to I wanna know who runs this uh, account. Is your wife just like downstairs? <laughs> probably. She hasn't told me about it. If so, but that's thank you, so honey. funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's yeah. It's actually me just uh, super chatting over here on a nah, second laptop. Taylor's got a fan club out there. <laughs> it's for real, for real. They they're out there. And they apparently they're sending super chats. Apparently. I love that for you. Well, <laughs> RP Awareness Month says that woman talking about Matt. I'm not sure how many brain cells I lost listening to her, but I'm pretty sure it was a lot. Send her to the streets, Amala. <laughs> Send her to the streets. I don't think these people, you know, I, I don't know which woman you're even referring to because there's, I watched, I've watched so many videos today about this with all the same same talking points. But hey. You know, to each their own. I get it. If that's your platform and like that's your your point of view, of course you're going to talk about when a celebrity does something antithetical to that. It's just kind of, it's just so, so sensitive. It's so, so, so sensitive. It's not like he's mobilizing people to commit acts of domestic violence, although I'm sure these women would argue that he is. TK Revray says, I'm blacker than space itself and didn't know that Juneteenth was a thing until Trump mentioned, mentioned it. Then it magically started showing up on calendars. Literally, a lot of people don't know what Juneteenth is, let alone, you know, every other race knowing about what Juneteenth is. It's literally just, you know, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's nothing. I don't do anything on Juneteenth except sit here with y'all and talk shit about it. <laughs> I <laughs> just imagine going in like uh, a time machine back 10 years and like talking to people about pronouns mm -hmm. and Juneteenth and trans stuff and mm. COVID. Like they'd be like, get out of here. What are right. you talking about? Right. Oh, my oh to have the mind of somebody from the early 2000s again. <sighs> Uh, Mr. Diggs says Wild and, Wild and Out had Matt on for over 50 shows. He was on all 20 shows of season 15. Googled it just now. I'm sad. I'm a white guy. Want to be stand up. IDK. Yeah, no, like he's been around for a long time and he's uh, like props to him in that he's put in the time that you have to put in. I mean, he's done like stand up for, you know, over a decade was on Wild and Out, which 
to be accepted on wall now you have to you have to have a personality and you have to be quick-witted uh especially to be a white person on wild now that's a whole other thing for those of you who don't know what wild now is it's like a comedy show that is predominantly watched by black people i'm just gonna be for real with you so if you're a white person on wild now you've like earned your stripes uh amongst like you know black comedy so very very cool that's a feather in his cap for sure yeah uh, Celtic blacksmith again says, why go to a comedy show at all if you can't control your emotions, but to each their own police my chrome or whatever. <laughs> yeah. their own. <laughs> I love that you guys are just putting in different versions of it. We need to start spitting different versions of that saying. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like the psychology of that person who knows that they're super. Maybe they're unaware of how sensitive they are and they like test it by going to a comedy show or they're just expecting something totally different. And you know what? I can understand if that's we we overestimate ourselves, I guess, sometimes and land in a room where we don't want to be there anymore. But even so, just like stick it out and slap a smile on your face. Some people are just incapable of doing that, though, and just have to communicate to you just how much they dislike what you're what you're doing. And it's just awkward and uncomfortable, especially when they the, the comedian starts doing crowd work and they like, call you out and you still remain in like that irked energy of like, it's just not funny. I just don't find it funny. It just makes me so uncomfy. I can't deal with it. But it, it just makes them want to like target you more. And it's almost like a funnier situation. So right. being the, co- the obstinate comedy, Karen, mm-hmm. just, you're better off just uh, taking a joke and rolling with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry Awesome says, hey, Amal and Taylor finally caught my first live stream since subscribing last year. Oh, wow. wow. That's so crazy. Awesome. Uh, you've been my favorite commentator since I found you and I haven't yet found someone who holds a candle oh that's so sweet thank you so much i'm glad after a year you finally got to catch a stream live i feel like it's it might might be a little bit of a different experience to to sit and hang with everybody live so welcome welcome and we appreciate you yeah it's always interesting to hear like we get so many of you that are like this is my first live can't believe i caught you Mm -hmm. i wonder drop in the chat like what percent of the time uh, do you watch live versus after the fact? I'd be really curious yeah, to know. Yeah, let us know. Because a lot of you watch after we're live, which is like, I think, mm-hmm. a whole different experience. Mm-hmm. But hopefully it's still, even if you're watching like later in your car or listening or whatever, like it still feels like interactive and kind of right. like you're just hanging out with us. That's kind of what we're going for. We hope. Uh, let's see. Nikki T says, I have a joke. What's the difference between a dirty old bus stop and a lobster with breast implants? I don't know. One is a crusty bus station oh and the other gosh. is a busty crust station. I've heard that joke before now that you've gotten <laughs> to the really point. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I can appreciate it. <laughs> I, I love play. a play. Yep, play on words. Love it. Thank you for that. Um, Crazy Kid 949 says, I've done a few stage routines on comedy clubs. It's it's not as hard as people think. It's actually easier to perform for bigger audiences than smaller Oh, yeah, because a bigger audience, if you get like, you know, a few people to laugh, that that works like with percentages. But if you're in a small audience, oh, my gosh. So I went to a small show at the comedy store in one of their like smaller rooms where they show like not just not as successful comedians. And it was like. 15 people watching this show and if you can't make like a couple of those 15 people laugh it is dead silent so it's just kind of hard to sit through especially being me I feel like I'm bringing your odds down because even if I find you funny I'm not like laughing out loud so I always feel a little a little bad I feel a little bit of guilt 
and shame <laughs> for doing that. I feel like if you, you if a comedian wasn't very funny, you would start like sympathy giggling for him just to kind of be like, <laughs> right, come guys, on, guys. guys. <laughs> <laughs> where's the energy in here Uh your your high agreeableness i'd like walk uh, up to him after and be like tough crowd huh (laughs) (laughs) i thought you were great i thought you were awesome oh man uh let's see satma dude says i think my pets are drug addicts i saw them doing d feline doing felines of coke canines oh, wow. i'm seriously considering this comedian thing now okay well and I know you are too well i, I, I might have butchered that for you a little bit but also I, <laughs> it was the I delivery know. that was responsible for that i can't yeah. tell at this point i can't tell i'm sorry i'm so sorry <laughs> about that doing felines of cocaineines it's yeah? Yeah, as a, always a laugh button jokes are much better that. the second time oh yeah <laughs> uh, let's see gabriel Echamendi says, glad to have finally caught alive. You both are amazing and the work you are doing is fire. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We almost, I was, I woke up this morning and I was like, we don't have much to talk about. And I fell back so I'm like, oh, great. Somebody's getting canceled. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Sorry, Matt Rife. <laughs> but uh, yeah. your, your story is yeah. my delight sometimes. Mm-hmm. Your pain is our privilege and pleasure. <laughs> uh, Maidan Haidar says, Amla, how much attractiveness in a and a partner is important for you. And what do you think most girls would say? Uh, also, could you do, could you do a black slang accent? A black slang? I don't know that I can do that today. <laughs> I, I that know you're one, capable of it. I, I'm definitely capable demand, of it, but on demand, yeah. That I, I'm going to have to catch you off guard with that one. Uh, <laughs> get away for the comedy the uh, tour. How much does attractiveness matter? I'm, do you, are you looking for like a percentage? I mean, it definitely matters. I think it matters for men and women that you're attracted to your partner. I think that's kind of like the initial foot in the door. Although sometimes for women, I feel like attractiveness is less important than it is for for men. I would say it's a small portion of the pie, but it is still an important portion of the pie. If I wasn't attracted to the person that I was with, I don't think it would work out for very long. But I think with women more so than men, you can build attraction over time. I think men, for the most part, when you meet them and talk to them within like five, 10 minutes, they have you categorized as like how far they'd be willing to to go with you or how interested they are. With women, it's like you could be in year five of the friendship and she's like, oh, he kind of looks cute now. (laughs) Like You just never know. You just never know. It's like I'm thinking of those love is blind uh, whenever they do the reveal and like one of them's like visibly disappointed oh and trying gosh. to hide it. It's horrendous. Out. Oh, it's so cringe. Oh, gosh. Uh, yikes. Would I also you... saw a clip of a guy. It was one of these, I don't know, internet channels and they got, I'm sorry, I don't know this person's real name, but Gorlock the Destroyer oh, <laughs> from that yeah. whatever podcast. And this guy was blindfolded and he was like talking to, this very large trans woman, woman um and like in a flirtatious way or whatever and then all of a sudden they did the reveal and he was like oh no and like just ran out the room and yeah. started swearing and angrily so it's like can we can we just admit that for most people love is in fact not blind it's in fact not i think if 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 love is blind that show has proved anything it's proved that love is in fact not blind because that is almost every season you know couples are just breaking down purely over attraction and the way that they look hmm. it's wild 
Uh, let's see. Hannah D says, hey, guys, really appreciate the show. How do you get such a perfect winged eyeliner, Amala? Practice. Practice makes perfect. I can do, you know, winged eyeliner in my sleep, y'all. But I don't know what to say. I just use a little liquid wand. I know everybody wants to know. You're hanging on. Swish and flick. <laughs> You're at the edge of your seats for that one. But yeah. Practice. Should do a, a short on your other channel F. Show it doing a little tutorial. Yeah, on how to do our, how we do our makeup. Well, yeah, with me and Risa. Risa, when she uh -huh. was learning how to do winged eyeliner, will put tape on her eyes and then just do it. So if you're a newbie and you don't know how to do it yet, tape. That's commitment, there man. Go. There you go. Uh, Sun Sumi says most of these advocates don't seem to be members of the jokes target groups. They do claim offense, oh. but what are they actually saying? What they are actually saying to them is. You are being offended wrong. Yeah. Well, I think they felt I think some of these people felt like a betrayal of like Matt Rife was supposed to be the comedian for women. And that's generally how he's viewed on the Internet. And then to open your special with a joke about domestic violence kind of flies in the face of that. So maybe they're, you're just feeling a little bit of betrayal on what you thought this guy was like, even though, like I said, um, Matt Rife, you know, objectifying women or whatever, like making jokes that are definitely, you know, ill-tempered Ill towards women. Nothing new. Uh, this has like been his whole controversy for, for quite some time. So, which is why I, I don't particularly like him. If you're, it's one thing to like all's fair in comedy or whatever, but there's like videos of him talking about like what, he likes women to look like what's weird when women look a certain way or when their bodies are shaped like this. That personally doesn't vibe with me. You know, you can watch that and be into that or whatever. And you can like that. For me, I'm like, ah, I could do without <laughs> I could do without hearing that <laughs> on any given day. Yeah, the 15 to 21 year old boy demographic that you outlined earlier kind of rang true for me as well. Listening to the mm -hmm. guy I was like, it just I don't know. It sounds like like hmm, let me think about a mean thing about this group. Let me think about a mean thing about this group. Dude. Just kind of like, no, yeah. I don't know. Didn't, like, didn't really land with me. But every once in a while, I'm like, okay, that's a funny bit or a funny interaction with the crowd. Um, yeah. But, yeah. It's like, you know, when, when you watch Amy Schumer and it's like, all that you can make jokes about are like sleeping with men, your privates and like gross things about being a woman. It was whatever the male alternative you know, to that is that's what I felt this comedy special was. And it's just not not for me. It might be for some women. Some women are into that to find it funny. His crowd looked like it was full of different, you know, people of different yeah. ages and genders and they were laughing. So, hey, to each their own, Charlize their own. Hey, there it is. <laughs> uh, Odd Face says, hey, guys, lots of love from Alaska. Alaska, another Alaskan. Unless you're the mm -hmm. same Alaskan. Like I said, I'd I like to go to Alaska yeah. for a short period of time <laughs> i like to check out alaska i love the alaskans and Finns. Mm -hmm. it's a whole that ends the thin we usually had a lot of finnish people lately uh, natalie patterson says happy to catch alive the end anyway hey we're happy you did too happy to have you even if it is the end must pavlov dogs says what is a cat's favorite queen song don't stop meow I was just listening to that song the other day. I love that song. That is a killer song. Uh, if you ever just need to be in a better mood, listen to Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. And 
let's see. Celtic Blacksmith says, next time y'all have a slow news day, you should just do a full episode of just super chats. Maybe set a theme or something at the beginning. Hey, we That's could. We could. We kind of have to like wait for them to roll in, but maybe we could intro with like a Discord Q and A or yeah, a Patreon yeah, Q and yeah. A. I'm Speaking down for of, that. someone's complaining that the Discord link isn't working. Um, I'll try to get y'all a new invite link and put that hmm. in the chat. Sorry about that. Yeah, we'll fix that. Uh, I think we had one or two more here. Let's see. RP Awareness Month. One more says, have you guys listened to Stephen A. Smith? He was recently calling out Jada, Cheesecake Girl, and other women who don't hold other women accountable. No, but I did see that Stephen A. posted that uh, that 28 restaurants that women won't go on a first date, and he was responsible for that sort of going viral on the internet. So, I mean, shout out to him. I'm not... A- I'm not really ever listening to Stephen A. <laughs> Again, it's just like not something for for my demographic or my mindset typically. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm sure he has a lot to say when it comes to calling out women in that respect. I feel like he's uh, branched out out of his like he's he's like top dog at ESPN. I don't know Pat McAfee might be giving him a run for his money now, but uh, he's been top dog at ESPN for years now. And uh, but a few years ago, he was on like a soap opera, uh, just then like a guest appearance. And now I feel like he's getting into more like cultural commentary. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's bored of uh, being in sports world and wants to take it over more. But no, I haven't watched. If he if he has a clip that that goes viral, we could we could talk about it. Wasn't he the one like raging about basketballers needing to get the shot or whatever and get back on the court or whatever and came after Kyrie and Draymond and. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he was really against Kyrie and saying he was being really selfish and stupid nonsense. About yeah, his hesitancy to get the vax and all that. I so feel like every he, now I think and we then reacted to some of his stuff on the old yeah, show. Yeah, I was like, I feel like every now and then Stephen A. pops on my timeline, and typically it's not positive. But hey, I, I'll I'll appreciate when it is. Yeah, for the record, I don't like his uh, his sports commentary in general. Mm. But um, let's see couple more here uh the dawn says hey omelin taylor just wanted to also say i can rarely catch lives just started watching a few months ago i watched some of your will and omelin live videos too uh funny will's funny but i like you and taylor's calm nature oh thank you we do like to what do we say keep it chill keep, keep it, it chill, chill on the stream <laughs> but we also found out today that omelin is the funniest semi-political commentator on the internet what so. can i say what can I say? Somebody's um, got to do it. I think we're all caught up on Super Chats with that one. Okay, so, cool. Guys, time to close out the show. Thank you so much for watching. We greatly appreciate you guys. And I hope you had a fun Monday stream chilling with us here. I hope you're having a good time if you're watching this after. Leave your thoughts down below on the things we covered. What's the joke that is now ending Matt Reif's career? Uh, really that offensive? Let me know down below. And how do you feel about comedy and what should be made fun of and what shouldn't? Drop that down in the comments below. As always, I encourage healthy debate. So if you disagree with me, do get out, but do so respectfully. And as always, like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live. That's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. Plus, we post videos for you guys every single day. Tomorrow's video is about Cardi B. Cardi uh, and her coming out with a Instagram live where she calls out some politicians. And we're going to read between the lines on that. Talk about Cardi B having a wake up call. And I'd love to hear your comments on that. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Peace out.